Good morning and welcome to the Berean Post devotional podcast, where we take a deep dive into the scriptures to find new insights and practical application for our modern lives. I'm your host, Duane, and I'm absolutely thrilled to have you with us today. Each day we'll explore a different passage from the Bible, unpacking its meaning and exploring how it can guide our lives for today. So grab your Bible, your favorite drink, and get ready for an exciting journey of discovery. And if you want to stay up to date on all of our latest podcasts and blogs, be sure to check out brilliantpost.ca. Also, join our Facebook group where we call ourselves Bright Future Bible Freaks, and we have a lot of fun there together. But right now, we're going to get started and jump right into today's devotional. Good morning and welcome to another episode of the Berean Post podcast. And for those of you that have been following along, we have been going through the book of Colossians and we've just finished chapter one and we're going to start now in chapter two. And I'm just going to go ahead and jump right in. Uh, We're going to start with verse one. The apostle reads, for I want you to know what a great conflict I have for you and those in Laodicea, and for as many as have not seen my face in the flesh, that their hearts may be encouraged, being knit together in love, and attaining to all the riches of the full assurance of understanding, to the knowledge and the mystery of God, both of the Father and of Jesus Christ, in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. Now, this I say, lest any man should deceive you, with persuasive words. For though I am absent in the flesh, yet I am present with you in spirit, rejoicing to see your good order and the steadfastness of your faith in Christ. As you therefore have received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk ye in him, rooted and built up in him, and established in the faith. As you have been taught, abounding in it with thanksgiving, beware, lest anyone cheat you through the philosophy and empty deceit according to the tradition of men, according to the basic principle of the world, and not according to Christ. For in him dwells all the fullness of the Godhead bodily, and you are complete in him, who is the head of all principality and power. In our previous blogs, we've delved into Paul's letter to the Colossian Church, focusing in detail on the first chapter. Today we move forward to the core of Paul's message, which begins in chapter 2, and here we witness the genuine heart of an apostle of Jesus Christ. Paul expresses his care for the brethren both at the Colossian church and the Laodicean church as they were located in close proximity to each other. Paul urged the leaders of the Colossian church to convey his concerns on to the brethren at Laodicea. Well. As we've seen, an apostle is not just a church administrator, nor is he simply the CEO of a religious organization. He's more than a visionary or a gifted preacher or teacher. We can see from the examples in this text and other passages in Paul's writings that a true apostle is a loving father who cares deeply for his children. He doesn't act out of personal ego or seek to become a legend or superstar in the kingdom of God. Rather, he's convinced that the death 
burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ have had an unparalleled impact on the world and humanity. And for this reason, Paul wanted to ensure that those under his care were firmly rooted and grounded in the truth, especially given the tumultuous times in which they lived and in the, the many and the with among the many philosophical ideas that were contrary to the elementary teachings of Christ. So Paul aimed for the Colossians to be established with a deep understanding of who Jesus is. It's interesting that Paul saw himself as a spiritual father. The Apostle Paul carried a genuine burden for the people he ministered to. He did not uh, view them to collect offerings or gain monetary benefits. Instead, he recognized them as a responsibility and not a revenue source. Despite being gifted with the privilege of seeing the resurrected Christ being caught up into the third heaven and receiving clarity and revelation, Paul did not boast in his accomplishments. In fact, he humbly referred to himself as the least of the apostles. His apostolic privilege came with great responsibility and Paul was fully aware of this. He understood that he would be held accountable for both his teaching and for the spiritual well-being of those that looked to him for guidance. It's this understanding of his commissioning and burden that led Paul to express his deep concern for the brethren at the Colossae Church and in this passage. But there's other passages where Paul um, illustrates him. We see the, how Paul basically shows his own self-perception as a spiritual father rather than a religious organization uh, executive. First Corinthians, Paul writes this, he says, For I do not write these things to make you ashamed, but to admonish you as my beloved children. For although you have countless guides in Christ, you do not have many fathers. For I became your father in Christ Jesus through the gospel. Paul expresses his paternal concern again in First Thessalonians when he says, For you know that like a father with his children, we exhorted each one of you and encouraged you and charged you to walk in a manner worthy of God who has called you into his own kingdom and glory. And then those that worked with him, he saw as spiritual sons. In Philippians, he says, But you know Timothy's proven worth, how as a son with a father he has helped me in the gospel. And we'll go through two more just to illustrate Paul's uh, paternal aspect of how he saw himself as a spiritual father is in Philemon's where he says, I, I appeal to you on behalf of Onesimus. He says, I appeal to you for my child, Onesimus. That's an interesting story. Philemon owned uh, Onesimus. Uh, Philemon, uh, Onesimus was a, a slave. I mean, sorry. Onesimus was a slave. Philemon uh, presumably was his master. Uh, Onesimus ran away, ran into Paul and became a Christian. Philemon became a Christian. And now we have Paul writing Philemon saying, I appeal to you for my son, for my child, Onesimus, whose father I became in my imprisonment. Formerly he was useless to you, but now he's indeed useful to you and to me. And, uh, And the last one we'll look at is in Galatians 4, where Paul says, My little children for whom I am again in anguish of childbirth until Christ is formed as you, if Christ is formed in you. So as previously stated before, when we observe the early church in the New Testament, we witness an organic community rather than a structured organization. The leaders of the early church did not regard themselves as bosses or executives, but rather as slaves to Jesus 
the ultimate authority. And yet, despite being anointed and supernaturally commissioned to spread the gospel, each apostle saw themselves as humble servants. They served on behalf of Jesus, the greatest servant of all. And the people that they ministered to was Jesus' sheep, his flock. So, Paul, aware that he would be held accountable for each soul in Colossae and in Laodicea, expressed a paternal concern by reminding the brethren to remain steadfast in what he taught them and not to be enticed by the popular philosophies of his time. Thank you for tuning in to this edition of the Brian Post Podcast. I hope you've enjoyed our discussion and it's brought you some encouragement and insight. Hey, if you want to stay up to date with all of our latest blogs, posts, and podcast episodes, be sure to visit brianpost.ca and subscribe. Don't forget to share our website with your friends who might need some inspiration or motivation. You can also join our community of bright future Bible freaks on Facebook. Until next time, may peace and blessings abound in your home.